Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who, if combined, would make one hell of a woodworker. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, welcome to Wood Talk number 154 for October 21st, 2013. On today's show, we have a very special episode from the Woodworking in America conference in Covington, Kentucky. The boys and I would like to thank everyone who attended the Wood Talk meetup, as well as all the folks who took the time to introduce themselves at the show. It was great getting to know all of you, and we also can't forget to thank the folks at Popular Woodworking who made the event possible. Before we get to the show, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is supported by Festool helping woodworkers get better results in less time and with less mess to clean up afterwards. Visit them online at festoolusa.com. Okay, welcome to the post-Woodworking in America 2013 show. And normally we do a post-show. It's usually a couple days later. We have time to heal up. Our voices are healed up and uh, we're, we're home and doing a normal show. But this is a very unique experience because the three of us are staring at each other. Because I'm staring at Mark. Which but, is, uh, well, I usually stare at pictures of Shannon during a show, but not right. his real face. Well, yeah. oftentimes I'm just flipping through a magazine, so I don't even pay attention to who's on the camera or anything. <laughs> I think there's a magazine over there. I might me. have to get that just to keep things in a normal sense. Wait, it's a wood magazine. There's an article in there that's really good that, <laughs> that I wrote. I heard about oh, that. Oh, you wrote that. <laughs> Yes. It has a creepy picture, though. So that might creepy creep me picture. out. I might have to actually leave the conversation. But you know, you need to point out the fact that this is the first time the three of us are able to be yeah, face true. to face. Yeah, yeah. So we are actually in a hotel room. It's well, almost eleven thirty. Right. And With great we, mood lighting. Yes, right. it's fantastic. Tom's uh, Tom Iovino's underwear is hanging from a lampshade. And yeah. I have to say, it's really it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So we just I never had picked um, him as a leopard print guy. No, no, I wouldn't either. Um, but we had a, a great event so far. Technically, there's still one day to the event. Tomorrow is Sunday, and there's still more classes. But people tend to duck out on the last day, like me. Right. Uh, so we decided, yeah. you know what? Let's let's get this thing done while the stuff is fresh in our mind, and while we're super tired, and uh, have some alcohol in our right. systems, so that we could really go off on some major tangents with yeah, this one. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. All right. So here's the deal. We're just going to cover some of the things we saw, uh, some of the people we saw, some of the things that 
stick in our minds as being interesting or eventful, and we're going to wing it for the most part. So um, right. bear with going, us. Good. So no like a regular script. show. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Excellent. Exactly. Except for we're in a hotel room, but don't let that bother you. You know what's really funny, too, is even though we're facing each other, we're still over-talking each other as if it's a Skype call. It's really That's awesome. Funny. <laughs> hey, well, you get used to the Skype delay. We don't usually have the advantage of actual, like, oh, Matt's making a facial expression that tells me he's about to talk. Yeah. Right, <laughs> so we will probably you watch weird. the chemistry of the show is going to fall apart now. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. <laughs> okay, just, just, we, maybe we should each raise our hand. Yeah, I think so. All right, so let's uh, let's start with classes because ultimately, woodworking in America is about education, and education here is great. They always have a great lineup of instructors. Uh, there's even education on the show floor, but we're going to talk or the vendor floor, but we'll talk about the vendor floor a little bit later. So we we don't generally stick together at these things. Um, we were kind of all in different places at different times. Maybe would sit in a class together once in a while. Um, so I thought we'd kind of roundtable style go through any classes we thought that were notable. Mm-hmm. And talk about who taught them and what we learned. Um, I'll go first. For me, my favorite was the Silas Kopf, if I'm even pronouncing that correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, God Classes. bless you. Yes. Uh, marketry stuff. Uh, Paul Search last year in Pasadena did a whole bunch of marketry stuff. And um, I just love, I can't get enough of it. I'm not very great at it. You know, I'm getting, trying to get better. <laughs> I was actually curious if you could maybe contrast those. Because I remember you mm-hmm. talked about Paul a lot. And of course, I ended up buying his DVDs. Yeah. I have Silas's book and DVD from like four years ago when mm-hmm. it came out or whatever it was. And um, I don't know, was there a major difference? Because aren't they both like French school, French marketry trained? Yeah, they both were very focused on European methods. I know uh, Paul Serge spent a lot of time in Italy with mm-hmm. his training. Um, now, here's the France, problem. Italy, you know. I, I, I didn't understand. Over there. Mark somewhere. didn't say it they're the both, Jersey way. They're both not America, so what's <laughs> it matter? Italy. 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 That's what my mom says. Italy. Um, so, yeah, I, here's the thing that sucks. It would work in America. What What's great about it is there's a lot of variety. But what sucks about it is sometimes you may have two classes that you really want to go to both and you don't know what you know which one to uh, knock off the list. So I had a Roy Underhill class competing with the Silas Kopp class. So I chose the Roy Underhill class <laughs> for the sake of being entertained that early in the morning. I mean, watching him hew a giant log in front of your face and only the way that Roy can – it was fantastic. So I don't regret it, but I do kind of wish I went to the marketry <laughs> one because that was the one that Silas showed his technique. So I didn't actually see his technique, but I went to a later show where he was kind of showing the history of marketry and how his work is influenced by a lot of these other pieces. And it was more of a slideshow presentation, but totally got me amped up about getting back into marketry. Uh, the cool thing was he had his DVD, so mm-hmm. I'm able to watch and find out. Uh, he mentioned the double bevel marketry technique, um, which is pretty common. Um, I have to go back and see. I've got it on my iPad, but um, I can't remember exactly what Paul Search uses uh, if he does double bevel marketry. He doesn't. He just I don't think literally he cuts to a line with like a 90-degree blade. Yeah, it's a, it's a straight line. That's what? that's what I thought was significant about it because David Marks was the first person I learned marketry from. Now, he uses home sawn veneers, and he does double bevel the whole way. Hmm. So I am very interested to try non-double bevel marquetry to see just you know how big of a deal is it if you don't have that wedged uh, angled cut there. I just like the sound of double bevel. bevel. Double, it double, just sounds really cool. Double bevel. Double bevel. Double bevel. So that class was good just because it got me amped up and I spent 70 bucks on his book and his DVD. <laughs> yeah, oh, by the way. That's not a cheap one. And make no. sure you follow that IOU note. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He did give me an IOU because I, I never carry cash. I, I heard. Did he have a Chevrolet in the class? He, Somebody. Uh, the, I don't the, know what he drives. I thought it was a Ford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The marketry sawing thing. It's like a fixed. He didn't, he didn't have it, but he showed a picture of it. And he described of why that's 
actually better than a scroll saw. Because if you've ever seen a scroll saw action of the blade, it's never perfectly up and down. It kind of moves forward yeah. and has this oscillating pattern to it. So this allows you to cut dead straight and you can cut large packets and multiples at the same time. And it looks like, first thing I thought was, hey, that looks like something Shannon would build. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> well, it's interesting. The reason I ask, I, I have a motive. Um, I ran into Silas down on the marketplace floor and it was kind of, man, I wanted to get your class, but whatever reason. Yeah. And I told him, you know, I love your stuff. I've had your book for years now. And uh, I was asking, because I actually am really curious or interested in building um, a marketry horse. Hmm. Um, it's kind of like a shaving horse where you sit astride it and there's a pedal that you push okay. to hold the clamp. Um, Rubo wrote about it a bunch in, in his books. And uh, I was asking him. You know, to me, that would be simpler than building a Chevrolet. And he had some really interesting thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the, the, the Chevrolet, that really does sound like Chevrolet. It does, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like, how you I'm say saying it. something wrong. <laughs> but he was, he, first of all, like most of these guys, they're so approachable yeah. and they're so easy to talk to. Mm-hmm. And we just had this kind of totally geeky, ultimate like wood nerd conversation in the middle of the marketplace floor. It was one of these weird things when like, you know, you come into this bubble and yes. and there's this world swim guy past you. I can make hand gestures and you guys know what I'm talking about now. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. Yeah, normally you just hear the swish swish. What the hell is that? But we <laughs> never talked about like his actual technique. Yeah. So it's interesting. I didn't realize he was a, a – a, a, a double, double bevel, bevel man. Double bevel. <laughs> He's a double bevel man. And uh, yeah, so totally enthused about this. I can't wait to get home. And the, we're doing the humidor next in the guild. And it's a veneering project. And with uh, the passing of uh, my dog, we've got these ashes that we want to put into yeah. an urn. So one of the boxes I wanted to do is like a – I might shrink it down a little bit and make it lockable. Um, but we're, we're going to do that and make it a pet urn. So I'm like, you know what? What about like a two or three tone image of a Doberman on the top, done with marketry. Why not? It's a very right. simple, basic image that yeah. just will teach the people the technique. So I'm thinking that's where I'm going to go with it. I'm totally inspired by this stuff. Silas's work is amazing. He does a lot of the um, whimsical stuff where he's got yeah. him peeking out of things. Yeah. And, Did you see the one where he's bricking himself into yes, a wall? He showed, <laughs> self-portrait. He showed that one. Amazing. Very so. Edgar Allan Poe. It's awesome. Yeah, he does. He just goes off the deep end with this whimsical stuff. So, so for me, that was absolutely one of the most memorable classes. Um, and I skipped around a little bit, spent a lot of time on the, the vendor floor. Um, and there were, it's, it's hard to narrow it down to one, but I think if I picked one for me, that would be it. So what, what do you guys think? Well, for me, it's a toss up between two classes that I don't know when I'm going to use them, but I'm going to go with Mary May. I watched, uh, I, I, t- I kind of stepped in. It's got a crush. I don't know, maybe a little bit. <laughs> she's she's cute. She I has a very that. soft voice that was just like, she's incredibly you're nice. You're so wonderful. Yeah, she's awesome. she has a nice giggle too, so that was nice. So, this is Matt's love letter to Mary May. <laughs> yeah. I just want to let you know that. No, but uh, but I, hey, I, I attended um, her uh, linen fold class, and that was really awesome because you know carving is one of those things that just I am so uncomfortable with. I'm more uncomfortable with carving right now. Than the fact that there's guys standing behind me. <laughs> yeah, here's here's the problem with podcasting. Uh, the Modern Woodworkers Association guys were podcasting on the floor the other day, and we decided to come over and screw with them and right. film behind them and interfere with their podcast. So we're getting the same treatment right yeah. now. Well, but the, they at least had headphones. Yeah, which of course no one can appreciate the uh, the humor in all of this until you see the pose. Yeah. So, but anyway, so so back to the whole carving thing. You know, I it, my the first oh, thing that scares okay. the living daylights out of me was the lathe. You know, anything turning, and I'm slowly getting over that. So carving is my next one because when it comes to 
number one, just doing any type of carving. I mean, that's that's really intricate work, really detailed work. Mm-hmm. And watching her do that up on the stage was just she made it really simple. Yeah. And but the one thing I had to do well is I ended up leaving the class about halfway through because number one, uh, you let me know that it was lunchtime and it was time to go. And <laughs> lunch will always trump. Yeah. There was that little smoke thing like <laughs> yeah. in a cartoon, yeah, yeah, and that right. was gone. And so I was out of there. But number two, she does have the online classes, and yeah. I thought to myself, I'm like, I'm getting a nice little snippet here that is totally making me want to take her online classes. Yeah. Well, and for that matter, she did two classes. She did linen fold carving and a, and like realistic leaves or something like right. that. Right. Yes. Both of those are on her online class both okay, of those sweet. exact examples right um, so let me ask you this i'm talking about marketry you're talking about carving shannon you you can i don't know what you're going to talk about <laughs> we'll find out um but do you get the feeling like uh, what what occurs to me is that if i didn't have to provide content that's more general purpose for for a big audience right um and really vary things because people don't want to see the same thing over and over do you think you could lose yourself in the world of carving almost indefinitely and and like just go down that path like sometimes that's how i feel about marketry like i could spend the rest of my life just trying to get better at marketry and never look back yeah like it's such a rabbit hole that i would be happy to go down that for the next five years and just see what happens i want to get great at it but i I can't because i have to continue producing content and do more variety right does carving occur to you as something like that that you could see yourself doing nothing but that just to get really good at it yeah oh absolutely because there's so many different things that you can do you know, you can get it really super detailed. I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, it is very much so. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it other than it is a giant rabbit hole. It yeah, really, yeah. you know, and because and, there's various various different ways that you can try and, you know, and show the, the item that you're trying to carve, you know, different I don't know how many techniques, I guess, because I don't really know much about it, but it just seems like it's one of those things that it's 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 very easy to accomplish the task. Not necessarily in a, a short amount of time, but maybe maybe that way. I mean, it just seems like you can really vary the levels of detail. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that the the big difference between like a beginning carver and advanced carver is just the time it takes you to carve it. There you go. Yes, you know? exactly. It's the same kind of idea of reading the grain and mm-hmm. understanding to use the chisels. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm really tentative when I carve, and it ends up looking and doesn't look as good as Mary. I mean, there there is an artistic thing. Right. Mary carves leaves, and it looks like they're actually blowing in the breeze. Yeah. Well, there, you know, a, mine looks like this- a leaf carved into a board <laughs> well, I, there was a joke this morning about the uh the, the leaf one that she did i guess apparently she broke something so it was literally leaves in the wind as That'd they went nice. flying off the bench nice. but yeah there is like that and and there's also the the challenge in there of uh, um of the material you're working with and if you make you know a, a mistake you can come back in and, and change and alter exactly what it is right. that you're doing mm-hmm. now how can you do that with you know say when we're doing flat work you know if you make a cut sure you can kind of like glue things back together and maybe try to put things you know in, in a certain way that you can salvage the project but it seems like with with carving you could almost be like well i was gonna make a clown face but yeah. now i'm just gonna make a sad face you know and <laughs> yeah. go from there you can morph it into something else yeah so it just <laughs> seems like it's one of those that you could really you always hear that people talk about like i'm gonna let the wood be what the wood wants to be mm. i can easily see like once getting some experience with carving how that's possible sure yeah. Makes so, sense to me. Yeah. I think I'd have to lock myself. Like I'd have to sign off the internet forever. Yeah. In order to focus that way. I mean, right, right. well, I mean, heck, my show's called The Renaissance Woodworker because mm-hmm. I'm just way too, you know, into ADD, a lot of different things. I guess. Yeah. You know, there's this wanderlust and, and, and I've tried carving and it's a lot of fun. I've done so little 
with marquetry. Right. And that's cool to me because that's when you can really play with those cool woods and stuff. So I could see yeah. going down that rabbit hole, but I would I would have to unplug completely because well, there's well, yeah, no you're, way. You're, you are so going to get so focused. Forget about not providing content. Yeah. I would just have to not use the internet ever again. Well, yeah. you're going to get so focused on it. And, right. and something the next thing you know, it's, it's like, meant for, so. yeah, like two hours ago. It could inspire two. That's true. can be very inspirational. Well, you know, what I've been thinking about is I've been always looking, like, you know how someone will come up with a cool idea, like the putting end grain cutting board parts together. Well, you've seen how people have made 8-bit video game images yeah. mm-hmm. by putting the blocks together. I'm like, what if I start taking classic video game, obviously being a video game nerd, um, classic video game characters, putting them into like two to three color, like taking someone's really good art and trying to get it into something that's in basically two or three colors and making like marquetry items out right. of that. Sure. Uh, just just to do something that no one else is really doing, you know, just yeah. to have fun with it. Right. But I got to get good enough to make the right. picture look right. like, right. Look like <laughs> yeah. something. Oh, well, that's a nice be, block. What would be a good practice project? And I think this is how Silas has used it. His eye. Yes. Um, actually, I think you posted a picture. I held the picture. Yeah, I actually took two a picture. Eyes. Yeah. And I, I know in his book, he actually walks through that completely from beginning to oh, end so on how to do that there. project. And what would be really cool is this this humanor thing you've got coming up. You should just make one of them with a big eye, <laughs> put it in Mateo's room. Oh, oh. He would, would love just, that. It would yeah. be awesome because that wouldn't be the, creepy at all. Yeah, no, no. Two year old. This, this is you know, this is from Uncle Shannon. For. <laughs> yeah. nice. Did you see the piece that those eyes are on? No, I don't think it's so. It's a tall cabinet with a bunch of squares oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on it, and the eyes are just kind of like all over the place. It's the freakiest like, oh, looking thing. That yeah. sounds like something out of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird. Anyway, so Shannon, how about you? What, oh, what, right. what yeah. sticks in yeah. your mind? Um, definitely, if I had to pick one, it was Peter Galbert, the mm-hmm. Windsor chairmaker. Yeah. Um, you know, I've built several Windsors now, so it was kind of like, you know, I had this conversation with somebody. It's like you may know something about it, but you sit in the class because you want to see how they do it. Mm-hmm. And Windsors are one of those things where there, there's a, there's kind of the Michael Dunbar school where it's kind of throw away some of the tradition and work this way because Michael, he runs an institute where he's churning out these things. So right. he's had to really refine this so that you can get a whole chair out in, in one class period. Mm-hmm. And then I went the other route with the Woodwright school, started with a freaking log and walked out with a chair. And that was the very <laughs> traditional way. What Peter has done, um, and if you don't know his blog, Chair Notes is awesome. Because he has this real innovative idea um, or innovative personality, and he's a total nerd, complete wood geek. Yeah. Um, and even in his um, his uh, let- lessons, seminars, whatever we're calling these things, you could see like the tangent start to form in his head. You could actually see the wheels turning, <laughs> yeah. and he starts to lose himself. And he's like, no, 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 you pull him back. This is where we got to go. But he's he's an incredibly inquisitive person who's constantly trying to improve things. So. Mm-hmm. The, the first class, actually, of the whole show was at 8 a.m. on Friday after two hours of sleep, Boy. driving through the rain to get here. <laughs> but I dragged myself down there, and it was far and away. It set the bar for me, and I'm sorry for the rest of the presenters. No one even came close. I was yeah. just, like, comparing everything to him. So he takes these traditional Windsor techniques, and he throws in um, some modern stuff, you know, and it's not really about power tools because Windsors are really hard to make. It's pretty much a hand Thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really hard to do this. Although he has this crazy ass router jig that I took a picture of. Not that I will ever build a thing, but it's one of those like gadgety Rube Goldberg looking <laughs> right. things. It adjusts in like it's the hand tool version of a three axle or a three um, uh, a CNC um, three axis CNC machine. Basically, okay. um, it was just really really cool. But he 
he has this great idea of you're working totally in the round and working with you know nothing with a flat face, no reference faces at all. So what do you do? You draw a straight line on that piece, and that's your reference face. Mm-hmm. You essentially create the reference face with a pencil, and you measure everything off of that pencil line you just drew on. And it's just like mind blown. Yeah, it's like holy crap. That is cool. You know, and he's got a you know. Well, how do you draw a perfectly straight line on something that's at a weird angle and totally round? Well, it was just something like take a protractor and a piece of dental floss or string, and it hangs like a plum blob. A plum plum blob. Plum blob. Plum plum blob. blob, I had that uh, the other night for dinner when we were at that Chinese restaurant. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But it was plum blob. (laughs) But it was just little things like use a Veritas tenon cutter in a lathe, um, and just feed the leg into it in order to create a perfectly round tenon on the end of the leg. Mm, And it's like you know traditionally you would use some sort of rounder or you would use a spoke shave to drive it down. He's like, no, just put it in the lathe. Let the lathe spin the bit and just thread it in. Just a simple outside the box sort of thought process. Isn't anybody else doing this? What's what's incredible though, and you know, for people who could make it, is he's written about all this stuff on his Mm -hmm. blog. He wasn't saying anything new. And Peter's one of those blogs where I subscribe to it. Every time a new post comes up, I see it. But nine times out of ten, they're really long format and really detailed. Mm-hmm. So it's like add to, you know, go back and read that later. And, of course, yeah. I never do. Um, but he's also now, uh, yeah, I think he said he used to build 66 chairs a year. And now mm-hmm. he's down to like 12 because he's doing a lot of teaching. And he's moved into this tool making thing at the same time. So he's taking these things he's learned from all these different classes. And he's figuring out how can I make this tool better so that, it's not about um, you know necessarily helping people hold Windsors, but the idea is that this tool is made so well that when you pick it up, there's no learning curve. Yeah. Because the ergonomics of the tool automatically position the blade in such a way that it works the first time. I that's guess. just, I mean, and that's where he geeks out on stuff. And he yeah. starts talking about body angles and, and ergonomics. And it, and it was just so funny because he'd start to go there and the whole audience's eyes would glass over. <laughs> and he looks around and goes, you guys have not followed me at all. And then he would move right back in. It's nice just, that he notices that. Yeah, oh, that yeah. Is, he's a fantastic teacher. I mean, he's obviously got a lot of experience with it. But it just, I mean... I, I tweeted it the other day. It's like the light bulb went off over my head so many times it burnt out halfway through. <laughs> right, I was right. just awesome. – my mind was totally blown. Awesome. And, and, like and basically went to every other seminar he did. Yeah. So, well, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's my next question is, you know, um, every year there's always the one class, the one instructor that is almost like the the the, the surprise. You know, nobody expects to see that one with the, the, the dark horse basically. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's – to me, that's what it sounds like – and. I know it's not from talking with you because we, we, we haven't actually seen you very much this weekend. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, and but at the same time, though, that was I kept hearing a lot about Peter Gelbert. Me too. Yeah. You know, and it, it's like one of those I wanted to attend one of the classes and I didn't make it there because I was too busy chasing Mary May around. And uh, <laughs> um, and. and <laughs> And so, I but, certainly hope she doesn't listen. To this. <laughs> <laughs> she probably doesn't. And, but anyways, though, that but I, I heard that one over and over that Peter Gilbert this year was that instructor. I, that agree. I agree. Even if you weren't that interested, you still wanted to be in that class. Yeah. You know, the flip side of that is is his second class, and Mark, I you came in and sat behind me for a little bit. Yes. Um, it was he's got this. His Windsor chairs have morphed beyond the traditional Windsor style. He's got mm. what he calls a birdcage Windsor. Right. There's not a straight line in the thing. It's a it's a standard comb back where there, there's no bow or anything. It's just the top. My uncle has a comb curve. back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> comb over or yeah. comb back? No, it's comb back. Uh-huh. It's just like it's all. <laughs> so he just has hair in the front, and he just he's like a like ball. He's like bald everywhere else. He was a Franciscan <laughs> monk, and so he <laughs> nice. just wanted to cover it. Good. Sounds so, hot. Yeah. Regardless, this this birdcage chair is so beautiful. I mean, I took like pictures at every angle, but when you really look at it, it's so freaking complex. And yeah. the second class was about that. 
And and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I am so lost. Yeah. Like you could see him geeking out up there, but at the same time, I'm thinking, am I ever going to build this chair? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would take. I would have to sequester myself and focus on nothing but yep. Windsor for the next 20 years to be able to build that chair. Yeah, the little details and the joinery in it, and how he figures it all out. It was like, oh, this is cool, but this is so abstract to me. It's very specific to that chair, right? I mean, I right, came yeah. in late, and that's why I only stayed for a few minutes because I was like. I don't know what the hell's going yeah, on here. Well, I did the same thing. I, mean, I sat right behind you. But so the thing was, <laughs> I thought he was a captivating speaker. He was yeah. very good to listen mm-hmm. to, and I was kind of upset that I didn't get what was going on. But yeah. I, you know, well, and that's the reason go. I left too. Is because you're right. He was. He was very captivating. I sat down. I wanted to follow along, but I was so far out of what he was doing that yeah, I figured it shouldn't it's, have come in late. Yeah, it's it was useless. Fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's what I'm like. I'm going to go find somebody else. And I think I went over to Peter Follinsby or something, yeah. which yeah. was another really great one. I, I followed him for the first hour and then it was just like, oh my God. You know, the, yeah. you, you listen to something and it's like, okay, I don't quite understand that, but I'll file that and figure it out later. And then mm-hmm. I got to like eight of those things and I was like, okay, I can't juggle all this. <laughs> I'm going to go see Roy yeah. now. And I went to see Roy and <laughs> you it's watch just, Roy you know, chop something and make something and laugh. Right, exactly. Totally. All right, so you mentioned that Peter also was selling tools, right, on the vendor yeah. floor. So vendor floor, cool place to be. A lot of stuff going on there. A lot of ways to spend money. Yes, maybe, oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the the vendor floor at WIA is always great. Mm-hmm. And this was definitely, I mean, as good as it's been in the past. But there's a variety of, there were some people who didn't show up, so that might be disappointing yeah, to some right. people. A lot yeah. of new faces, though, too. That was really Certainly. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. So were there any surprises this year? Typically, they have a very heavy focus on hand tools. There's used hand tools, new hand tools, Lee Nielsen, Lee Valley. Right. All the standard guys are there. Some new companies where we could talk about those real quick. Right. Um, but were there any surprises with uh, what was available on the floor? Anything unusual to see there? Mm, I don't know about unusual. Like. I can't think of like a manufacturer that would just blew me away that, you know, what they had there. I mean, the great thing, of course, is we need to mention that they're, they're really approachable. I mean, mm-hmm. there is yeah. not one vendor down there, even a major, major manufacturer, you know, they, 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 you can approach them. You can ask them any question you want to, and they're, they're very open. One thing I have to say that I thought was, um, unusual from years past is the number of hand plane makers that are now available like the really yeah. boutique and, the, and not the just fill planes yes yeah. the infill plane, plane like yeah super yeah. duper yeah there's like one whole wall that, <laughs> that it was, was just ron, like and ron Brees wasn't even there yeah. right exactly so, you exactly. know eliminate him because he's become kind of the poster child of it he wasn't even there and there were still a lot of them right absolutely yeah because it was like and it seemed like every other booth was an infill plane hand yeah. you know hand plane maker um, and the other nice thing is that was not only do we have uh, um, uh, Patrick's uh, little used hand tool booth. By the way, I've got a great picture for you okay. of all of those joiner fences. So, you know, I didn't know. I thought maybe I'd let you pick one out for yourself. But I'm going to redo my shop floor and joiner fences. Oh, well. It'll be awesome. <laughs> nice. now, now I know where Joiner fence parquet. Okay, well, that's, that's awesome. But uh, so there was not only his, which was all the used hand tools, but there was at least two or three other ones. And I don't remember there being. It was always just superior tool work. Yes. You know, and well, Slavs. Slavs, Slavs yeah. you know, file and. Rasp Emporium or whatever it's right. called. Right. Yeah, but yeah. then there was a, a new player that I, I got their business card around someplace. Jim, Jim Bode Tools. Yeah. When like yeah. They, they had new, new items every single day. So that was kind of neat to see. There were more like vintage, vintage, you know, uh, accessibility. Nice vintage. Yeah. Like, Good stuff. Cream of the crop vintage stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Patrick Leach is always known for that. But, mm-hmm. you know, this was stuff that like the saws were already sharpened. Right. You know, because I had several people coming up to me going, you know, saw recommendations. What do you recommend? And it's like, well, 
how do you feel about sharpening? He's like, well, that stuff's already sharpened. I'm like, well, damn, you know, yeah. go get the vintage well, stuff. Well, in that case, you awesome. go over there. I'm going to go check out this pile and see what I can find. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And I actually um, was able to pick up a, oh, how many thousands of dollars was this? One of the Sawyer and Sawyer and Steiner? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. This thing, did you see? It was like it looked like a jointer plane, but yeah. it was sort of tapered. The base yes, was tapered as yes. it goes yeah. back. Un- I mean, it was yeah. a work Beautiful of art, tool. work of art. But I think it's like four thousand dollars, right? Yeah, you're just like, I don't really even want to take this yeah. off of the table. Can well, I just? <laughs> well, I spoke to one of the uh, the newer infill uh, manufacturers, and um, the guy's like, "Well, you know, this is go- a good show for us, and this really puts this kind of thing in perspective." I was like, "Oh, that's that's awesome. You guys did well." He goes, "Yeah, we got that one that one sale." Uh, <laughs> and, and if one awful. sale can yeah. make your whole trip worthwhile, yeah. you got an expensive plane. I, I just paid for my booth. I paid for my stay, and I paid for the booth for next year. I like that business model. All you got to get is one just sale. Just one. I mean, anybody can get one sale. But, I mean, that's the thing. These things are pricey. I mean, right. Obviously, right. you need to be in a different income bracket than I think the three of us are in <laughs> yeah. to be able to be like, I'm going to buy me a $4,000 Hand plane, right? Yeah, you know, just not one. A, not and a I'm powered gonna, planer, a hand plane. And I'm gonna be in attendance all weekend. Oh, I'm getting the uh, suite also at the hotel. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, so very impressive high end tools. The great thing about this, and I got a lot of footage of this stuff. I don't expect anyone to really buy a lot of these things because no. they are expensive. Right, but it's so fun to watch. I mean, it is. as a tool well, geek, who doesn't want to see? It's it? almost like like the the auto shows where it, yes, you know, all they That's have great, is yeah. like the what do they call them concept cars? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and it may never ever hit the market, but it's totally. like here's what we can do. And um, Vote Toolworks, the shooting Tico Vote makes the uh, super shoot shooting boards. Yep, he is doing this thing now because they all have the everybody seems to have that Lee Nielsen. Um, or not uh, the, the Stanley shooting, 51, yeah, the, shooting you know, the big right angle looking shooting plane. Yeah. Right. Everybody's got their own version of that. Well, Tico went off the deep end. Yes, and, he did. <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't like, I don't think he ever expected anybody to buy this because it was probably 2000 bucks for the price tag because he yeah. took a Ron Breeze miter jack plane mm-hmm. that weighs 10 pounds all by itself. Right. Infill, gorgeous piece of machinery, put a two pound plate steel on the bottom mm-hmm. that then hooks into like a festool track system. It totally makes it a track. It's so, <laughs> yeah. so brainless. To Essentially get this thing to work. he's taken it and turned it into a repeatable linear motion tool that yep. slides like butter. It's amazing. And the mass behind the thing with, with your pinky, you can shoot this thing yep. and it's completely doesn't wow. move in the track. So it was one of those things. It's like, it's like no one's ever going to buy this, but here's what is possible. You know? Yeah. And I saw that a lot of places. There's mm-hmm. just this like pinnacle of achievement. Well, it's, it's almost really like somebody cool. asked them and said like, if you could build anything, what would it be? Right. You know, and then they go ahead and do it. And it's like, well, I didn't, I, I didn't expect you to do it. Cause I don't think there's a market for it, but good for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now what? Yeah. 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 Those were impressive. And the funny thing was I, I filmed him doing this. He's shooting a, you know, on a four inch wide board. And he's going, he's going super slow with it. And he's going, so I'm going really slow because I can. <laughs> right. Because I can. <laughs> you know? yeah. I was like, well, you're right. Yeah. Very impressive. And, yeah, um, good for you. So uh, I wanted to ask you, what do you think about these shooting planes? Is it worth it for the average person to invest in a dedicated shooting plane versus getting Just a like jack, a jack plane, plane and throwing it right. on its side and calling it well, done? Well, it's interesting because um, I guess we can talk about this later, but at, at our meetup tonight, I was talking to somebody who was really having trouble with a shooting board. Mm. And I'm thinking, you know, sorry, Jack, but how do you have trouble with a shooting board? You just put the plane on the side and you run it back and forth. And he was keep getting problems where it wasn't square. And it occurs to me that there is a lot of adjustability in, in your typical Jack plane. Yeah. I, have a, I have a wooden miter Jack, and then I've also been using my Veritas bevel up Jack for so long. And the plane can actually shift 
off the plumb line from side to side and create an unsquare board. But you also have the dynamic of you're pushing the board into the plane mm-hmm. and that board can actually drive the plane out a little bit. Yeah. Um, so then the board ends up out of square or you can push too hard with the plane and you drive the board out of the cut. So there's a lot of little like kind of wiggle motions that you control with your wrist and everything. Yeah. And if you're not, and it occurs to me cause I've been doing it a while, it's just second nature, but I'm locking everything when I use it mm-hmm. and I've got a wide reference surface. So I do think if you struggle with it, a, a dedicated miter jack plane could be good for you. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you were to maybe take the, take a trick out of Tico's book and maybe add another, like outbound rail to hold the plane okay. from sliding. That's what I was just going to ask side. you what you thought about that because, like with uh, the the jack plane that I have, of course, it, if I had say a bedrock where there's like the two straight parallel right, right. edges, but instead to kind of have one that has like that nice little curve. I like curves. Did I mention I like curves? I think I mentioned that earlier today. So, anyways, though, but I always Matt wanted, just like, winked at me in the most creepy, <laughs> the most creepy way you can imagine. And this is why it's better I off that we Skype. <laughs> Yeah, we got to get new sponsors to cover the airfare every single week to do this in person. Once a week. But anyway, anyway. So, so if you have that, it would, you would only have one single contact point at the top if you have the kind of that curvy body of your plane. <laughs> well, that should work, though, because you got the one contact point at the top. The whole bottom is referencing right. off of off right. the shooting right. board, and that should at least help. Yeah, as long as that single contact point, you know, is it's, it, as long as it's tight and actually right. it might actually be better. Because the more reference if you have, the more friction you're going to have. Okay. Yeah, because so. I guess yeah, because I guess I think about it. Yeah, the cutting ed- the cutting edge itself is actually going to be ahead of that curve, so it's yeah. not like you're going to go too far where you're going to actually maybe dump it out or something, right. or cut so. yourself a nice little thin rabbit so it actually goes under that, so you actually uh-huh. can prevent it from tipping as well. That's right? okay. Maybe yeah. lock it in. Hmm. But here's the thing: play with these, these dedicated miter, sh- these dedicated shooting planes. They, what it ends up being is they're really massive, you know, really heavy. And that's yeah, what worked yeah. with, with Tico's setup is, I mean, 12 pounds of plane, when you get it yeah. moving, you can go slow yeah, because yeah. <laughs> the momentum is just nuts on it. But most of these have a real wide surface area, mm-hmm. you know, so they can't rock real easily. So I think there is something to that. The mass certainly helps. What was crazy about Ron's plane is the blade itself. It was like a half inch thick. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole thing was in solid hunk of steel. It was intense looking. Well, I heard he cuts those out of like old battleships. <laughs> so that's what they look like. <laughs> well, you know, another question though is with the, with the shooting planes, the, the the dedicated shooting planes, those are also grounds that they are 90 degrees, right? I mean, for yeah, the wing and yeah, then the, exactly the, the 90. Yeah. And I've never had a, a number five that's even come close to 90. Right. But I mean, here's the thing I don't use one. Um, yeah. And I shoot just fine, but it does occur to me that there's a lot of little micro adjustments going on that I don't even realize I'm doing anymore. Sure, and sure. it wasn't until I was talking tonight at the meetup that I realized, oh yeah, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Right. Well, and something like a shooting board is, I think, a good tool for someone who may not be so you know fully into hand tools. It's a right. great thing for a power tool user yeah. to yeah. use if you're cutting yeah. miters. It's really quite difficult to get perfect 45 degree miters yeah. on your average miter saw. Especially on it all sh- four corners. Oh, yeah, it shouldn't be that hard, but it yeah. is. So, what happens when you need to make that fine adjustment? Well, wouldn't it be great to not only dial it in, but also get a dead on 45 every time? Well, a shooting board is the way you're going to do that. Yeah, so, a lot absolutely. of people who don't have a whole lot of hand playing experience may be jumping into the shooting. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it. like it's taking the duh out of it. You know, yeah. you don't have to worry about it at all. Just totally. yet another. Well, here's, here's an, an option, and it would revolve. It would involve kind of cannibalizing a plane, but this is what Tico did. He took a flat metal plate and screwed it to the bottom and right. tapped some holes through the, the breeze plane. Yeah. Um, 
I got a standard number five I'm not using anymore now that I got my jack plane. Maybe yeah. I can yeah, so same that. Dedicated Maybe plane doesn't necessarily have to be $3,000 or yeah. 500 in the case of Lee Nielsen or whatever. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, you could get yourself a, a junker, you know, sharpen it up and drill a couple holes through it, maybe yeah. even tap them. Right. Yeah. Got a, Go to McMaster Car or somebody, buy yourself a, you know, a two-by-18 plate steel. Sure. Yeah. Which add mass. And right. then put a, a track on your shooting board and have it run in it. I drop it. I'm on my doing toe. this. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I think it's I'm great doing idea. it. Well, yeah. you do it so that I can copy what you do. And, yes, right. and I yeah. have my new shooting plan. There we go. All right, cool. <laughs> so, so lots of good vendor stuff. It was a lot of fun. Did you guys buy anything? I bought a T-shirt. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. That my wife that. was here, so no. You're in the best behavior. It's so funny because I think the past two days I've been walking around the the market. First Friday was like, okay, I'm going to walk around. I'm not going to make any decisions yet. I'm going to let something you know really jump out and grab me. And today I almost felt like I've got to get something. I have. Yeah. I can't walk away from yeah. here. Don't want to go empty-handed. Yeah. So I ended up getting um, from Bad X Tools. I got uh, like their their shooting board set or their, their uh, um, bench hook set. Okay. You know, and I expected to get a little grief from that because it's something you could easily make yourself i think i know yeah. somebody that's made a couple or made some suggestions <laughs> but i decided i'm like i'm gonna get these because they look number one they look really cool mm-hmm. and number two they're already set up i just take it home and i can go to town on it so yeah. well funny you should mention that speaking of tico and his shooting boards do you i know i think you both have experience with his shooting boards mm-hmm. that is obviously something that's a shop made item traditionally right. do right. you think something like that for the average person is worth it i mean his shooting boards are awesome. Right, I mean, yeah. they're well made. They're almost modular in the way that they're set up with different attachments. But clearly, something we can make. Right. Um, I've I've never used one before, so I have no experience with it. And I've actually thought about buying mm-hmm. one because I'm lazy like right. that. <laughs> and uh, well, and it, I know it'll work out of the box. Right. So, but I also know that a shooting board is something that a capable woodworker should be able to make in a couple of hours. Right. Um, I mean, I, the the one I have uh, is so stripped down. I need to remake it, which almost puts me in that I'm lazy. I don't want to do it. So it'd almost be better if I let somebody else do it for me is the, the, the situation I'm in currently. Yeah. So um, I want to say be a good woodworker and make your own. But there's that other part of me that's like, he has some really nice ones. They're nice. They're I mean, they're really not just nice. a couple, you know, like Brad nailed with, uh, you anyway. know, just some plywood. I mean, it's, these are very, very yeah. nice. And I feel like if, if I did purchase one, I'm not going to like suddenly be shamed if I did, because yeah. I would be a really good company for having one. Sure. Sure. I have one. Yeah. Um, and I also have some that I've made myself. And I, I mean, granted, I'm, on the extreme end of this, but I use all of them because mm-hmm. I've got one that's really wide mm-hmm. that you can take a whole panel. I want to say it's almost 24 inches wide wow. and it's okay. about 18 inches deep. So you can fit a panel on there and shoot it. You can't really do that with the super shoot Tico's thing. Cause it's, yeah. it's relatively narrow. The biggest issue I have with it, the incline is awesome because you just naturally, when you lean into it, you naturally hold the board against the fence real well, mm-hmm. but it, it's hard to do outfeed support. Because it's raised up off the bench at an angle. And okay. normally my other shooting boards that I've shot made, and this is where shot made becomes cool because mm-hmm. I've made my bench hooks to be the same height as my my bench hooks, the same height as my shooting boards. Okay, So, so I can, can use them all kind of modularly. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's also rare. You know, I shoot a lot of things like styles okay. and rails, relatively narrow type stuff because that's when it really counts. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's rare that I really need to shoot the really, really wide stuff. Um, right. And the adjustability of it and just the sheer durability of it, because this I've made several shooting bars of my own because I've just trashed them over the years. Right. And you just cobble them together. I suppose if I if I wasn't so lazy, yeah. I yeah. would make a, a higher quality shooting board. But the um uh I always get the acronym wrong, the ultra high molecular weight 
stuff yeah. he uses on the shoot and then the acetal he uses on the wear plate. It's two different materials. Yeah. This thing is just rock solid. Yeah. So and it's not the, a disposable item like a lot of shooting all. boards are. Right. And then he's got the built-in magnets. So when you put like the donkey's ear on and the miter in, it's got one of those little electro things where you like the mag switch. Right. I mean, that's awesome. That, that is really that's cool. so that's, awesome. So your that's ability, all I'd have is really crappy like drywall screws. That right. would, that's what I was used to. So now <laughs> it's – you know, you put the the miter block in place. You flip the switch, and it's rock solid. Yeah. And, and you're it's ready to cut miters. Too. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, so I mean, I honestly think if you made that, yes, you might save a little money, but yeah. I don't think you'd save that much. By the time you add in the mag switch, indexing <laughs> pins, metal plates, because you're gonna have to go out and buy an entire sheet of plywood. Yeah, yeah. he's using high quality three quarter inch maple a face plywood. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about you guys, but that's about seventy to seventy five dollars. Yeah, right. same for me. Yeah. Um, and you got to buy a whole sheet of it. You know, you can't buy a yeah. little sheet of it. I would just like enough for a shooting board. Uh, right. Shoot out of here, buddy. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> he's got all the maple edging that's put in place. You yeah. know, he's got the t- the multiple mag switches, the metal plate inside of it. You know, the acetal, the right. uh, U ultra high molecular UHMW. Oh, I can't get that acronym. I get mixed up too. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's <laughs> other hardware. There's Allen key hardware with captive nuts that hold the fence in place. Yeah. All that stuff together, it adds up real, real fast. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, and, and you know, I don't really like building that stuff. Right. It's, it's not really exciting. So, yeah, to me, it was a great investment. But especially if it's going to last a long time. You know, the, right. the most – the wear surfaces are not just wood, you know, so mm-hmm. it is going to last. All right, cool. Um, the other thing we should probably mention, Hand Tool Olympics is always a fun event yeah, for yeah. other people, not yeah, for me. Yeah, avoided it like the plague. <laughs> I, I didn't, again, as I predicted, I did not participate. Shannon, you did. I did. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I do want to congratulate Aaron Marshall. Aaron oh, Marshall. Yes, yes. Overall the, hand tool The SketchUp guy. He'll be yeah, proud for SketchUp guy. It was so funny because like, the, the rest of today, I kept noticing he had his face buried in his phone, looking yeah. to see who was going to be showing up on the list. Yeah. What are you doing over there? Yeah, so our buddy Aaron. Aaron Marshall won. I think he won one of the overall, but also one of the categories uh, yeah. for jointing, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he got a ticket to come again next year for free. That's awesome. The show, that's congratulations, that. Aaron. That's, yeah, yeah. that's the grand prize. Well, he's he was like, you know, I actually kind of wanted a tool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the I, overall prize is like, I guess, the most valuable one. Right. So. That's oh, that's great. awesome. So, yeah, yeah, I think I could have won the 50-yard dash as I ran away from somebody asking me to get into the Olympics. That, no! That should be a category, like it, how fast people run away from the Olympics. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, there was um, some of it because I came to Woodworking America two years ago, mm-hmm. but I had a booth then. Mm-hmm. So I just – I couldn't get away to compete. I think I did one event, right. maybe a cross cut or something like right. that. Um, so the last time I competed all six events was almost five years ago, six years ago maybe. It was okay. 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that? What year is it? It was four years yeah. ago. Yeah, it was four years So. I was just excited to see the market improvement. Yeah. You know, um, it, my, my cross cut was like super fast. My tenon was really Oh, you, your cross cut was amazing. We got that on video as you just like tried to S- put that saw right through the cross. Like yeah. seven seconds. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. I was out yeah. of there. And then day Sorry, two. Sorry, we have to shut this down. Shannon broke the saw. <laughs> it's, it's over. <laughs> well, day two came along and I um, was served up humble pie. It was terrible. <laughs> it was awful. You'd think I'd never had a dovetail in my life before. Nice. It's all those damn lathes I've been building. It's nothing but mortise and tendon work. <laughs> and it suddenly occurred to me the last time I cut a dovetail was – God, it must have been six months ago. Well, at least. It's something well, you got to do once in a while to, oh, to keep was, that muscle memory there. That, I mean it fit together and it worked just fine. But that yeah. would have definitely been the back corner of that drawer. Sure, right, sure. yeah. You know, it was ugly. There was like – Eight cards shoved into the gaps. Well, well maybe, <laughs> maybe good. for just for you, maybe next year they need to have a lathe building 
option there for that. You know, and I think you'll take that one. You need a warm up room. There. <laughs> and and um, the big thing from a couple years ago was Matt Gradwall getting kickback on the um, the the uh, handsaw in the right. contest, and Aaron Marshall was there, and he got hit by the kickback. Oh wow! As I was doing my rip. Aaron Marshall stepped up. Guess what happened? <laughs> The board snapped in mid-thing and flew off to the side. <laughs> I had to flip the board over and restart the cut on the other side, but I still did it in 12 seconds. Nice. So, very nice. Good and Aaron, recovery. So yeah. I managed to beat Aaron there, but the, you have to joint the board you rip. I so effed up the rip yeah, that it yeah. took me like a minute and a half to joint the thing. So yeah, <laughs> it's all Aaron's fault. Well, you know, I'm betting that Aaron probably spent a couple of weeks at home prior to this practicing by making saws and boards and cutting them in SketchUp. Well, you know, and, and, yes. Well, yes. Yeah, there you go. I was just going to say, because he spent all this time saying, I, I haven't done any woodworking. Yeah, uh-huh. sure. sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. So here, here's something we want to spend some time talking about the social aspect of things. Now, what was cool about this year was that uh, popular woodworking was, was nice enough to give us a platform and to give us our own session, right. which we're very nervous about, frankly. <laughs> yes. The Wood Talk guys were not sure what was going to happen, yeah. uh, but we were or there. Or if anyone was going to show up. That right. was, yeah, that, that exactly. Was. <laughs> uh, so there was a session, sort of a roundtable event that we had with uh, well, all the Modern Woodworkers guys were there from Modern Woodworkers Association. A WoodNet representative was there. Uh, Ellis from Wood Central was there. Right. Am I missing anyone? So we were covering a very wide variety of people all over the blogosphere, folks who were, you know, like Ellis, who was like uh, someone I read when I sat in a cubicle and first got excited about woodworking right. uh, all the way to some of the newer folks. So um, really good experience. A lot of fun. Uh, it was, the, the event itself, I don't really want to talk about it and go over a repeat of what we talked about there. Right. It was cool. It was about online woodworking right. and what people can get from it. So right. a lot of fun. Got to meet a lot of cool people. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Mary May also had a chance to. Uh, oh, Mary May yes, did Mary's, walk in. Yes. And Mac, of course, noticed. Right. But she, she seemed to go to the other end of the line. <laughs> Very <Yeah>. wisely. <laughs> yeah, she had fact, a choice. When, when we were talking after the event and you walked up, she left. Yeah, she did. It's weird. I don't know what that it's was. kind of weird. Well, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Pretty cool. That actually did not turn out to be as bad as I thought it was going to be. No, I got that. good turnout, too. Yeah. yeah. And we were up against Schwarz and Chuck Bender right. and right. Uh, Peter Follinsby, I think. Yeah. Well, because yeah. I really expected So why was to... anyone there? Yeah, exactly. Has <laughs> <laughs> anybody left? Yeah. yeah. They didn't really set us up for success here. Well, and, and that's how I expected a lot of our friends to be there, you yeah. know. And yeah. and so that that's one of the things I think was an early concern with ours. It's just going to be the usual folks that we love you guys, but we kind of expecting them to come out and like, you know, cheer us on and stuff like that. But it was nice to see faces that, yeah. you know, that I, I think had nothing to do with anything that we've ever they're, talked they're about. They're not bloggers themselves. They're right. just people who listen, they're right. fans, and they okay. just wanted to hear what we had to say about this stuff. Right. So cool. that was cool. But the highlight, I think, was tonight. We had a planned event where we went to the Keystone Bar and Grill, had a room reserved, had no idea how many people would show up. Right. Turned out the room was probably a good size. Yeah. We thought there'd be like four. There's the three of us, and then Heather was with us. So yes. that'd be four. Exactly. <laughs> uh, my mom would be on Skype or something. There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we walked in there. There's already people there. And within a few minutes, the room was just packed oh, wall yes. to wall. And all these people were there because they know about this show. Right. That was kind of surprising. There I, were I, people I, that drove in for this. Just yeah, for just, this. just you know, for they, today. They went to the marketplace for a couple hours, but they, they said, I, yes. you know, I wouldn't have come to the marketplace if I didn't know this event was yeah, happening. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I apologize because I'm going to forget everybody's name. I, oh, totally. Yeah. But, it's, yeah. So well, it was so loud in there. Try. I'm not even sure what anybody was saying. I yeah. just nodded a lot. Yeah. So I might be married. 
to a few people. I'm not yeah. sure, or at well, least engaged. Do you? Uh-huh. Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. Not sure. It also accounts for why all of our voices are about an octave lower right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, we've been screaming for the last it was, four hours. It was a rough night of, of <laughs> yes. talk. Yeah. Lots of talking. Um, but I mean, how great was it to be in a room? All these people—they all are there for the community aspect of, of this, this show. And to me, that's what makes this one of the most fun shows to go to. And some yeah. of the other mm-hmm. shows are, are getting pretty cool too. Right. Uh, but this one in particular is where, for me, the heart is. This is where all the people who are just fans of the community. They're here because, you know, they love woodworking. They've heard of us. They've heard this show and just wanted to come and say hi. Well, this is the family reunion show. I mean, when it really comes uh-huh. down to it, this yeah, is it the family is. reunion show. You know, yeah. It's our, it's our, our version of camp. It <laughs> is. Yeah, camp. exactly. <laughs> um, so we met so many cool we people. Songs. Do we, we do. Wood, we we got to make some s'mores yeah, or something. Yeah, too. we got plenty of wood We've for got camp vanilla fire. Oreos, but no s'mores. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we met so many people who like, how many times was it a person who you go, I totally know the name, yep. but I've never seen your face. So exactly. it's nice to meet you. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. great. Yeah. In fact, um, I'll, I'll throw his name out there. Brian Bazell actually changed his Twitter <laughs> avatar because it used to be his feet. Yeah, his feet. Yeah. And he introduced himself to me. And I was like, oh, it's so great to actually see your face because <laughs> right. I have And he actually changed his avatar during the show. See, now I'm not going to know who the heck he yeah, is. And that's exactly like, what I told him tonight. got to go back like, to the feet, dude. I was reading the stream today on Twitter and I was like, who is this guy? I was like, oh, he changed his avatar. That's his yep. face. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I, I finally got to meet uh, a gentleman named Jack. You guys probably talked to mm-hmm. him too. He's a truck driver. For years, he's been a fan of probably all of our shows, but I just remember my emails with him where he's like, I'm a truck driver. Do you have a place I could park an 18-wheeler? I want to stop by your shop. Right. And we just never were able to connect. And uh, finally now, I mean, six years, seven years later, after first talking to the guy, he's in town. He drove all the way out here just for this. And I get to shake this guy's hand and talk right. to him. Oh, yeah. It's the coolest thing. Yeah. yeah. So he's awesome. a very cool guy. Yeah. He's a very smart guy because he's a handle school member, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he must be smart. Well, or very confused because yeah. he's also a guild member. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what's going well, on. Well, I won't there. tell you what he whispered into my ear about the two of you so we'll just leave that alone right, right. <laughs> um, and we also have to to say something about kentucky being great um, i mean like, uh, here's the thing right an attractive blonde comes up and asks for a favor you just you kind of can't say no yeah I, I couldn't understand what she was saying but i was like yeah we'll do whatever yeah <laughs> so whatever <laughs> you say lady um but yes she was very nice yeah. uh, i believe she was there with her she looked like she was there with her husband or significant other she wanted us to say how great people from kentucky are right it's more specifically louisville yeah so i'm so, not gonna even say it because i probably won't say it right i would right. say louisville you would say louisville? she said that was acceptable though so yeah. i'm going with as long it. as we don't go with louisville Blubble. i think louisville is probably a completely louisville different area yes right. so louisville <laughs> so so nick and sasha it's louisville louisville, louisville. 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 maybe we should maybe we should do a, a live show from there and then they can for sure tell us for the sure. right way to do it. Yeah. yeah. And absolutely. you know what? I'll tell you what. I'm glad we decided not to do a live show like we had originally planned. Right. My gut feeling, I think, was dead on that it would have been would very have been difficult to pull off. Yeah. yeah. No one would hear us. Amplification wouldn't have been an option. Right. And it just wouldn't have gone well. So. And right. we wouldn't have been able to mingle like we did tonight. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I do think that I managed to get around and talk to a lot of people. Yeah. And it was, I mean, despite being the fact that we were screaming at the top of our lungs as it got louder. Um, and that was even before Tom arrived. Loud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In fact, it was so loud that you couldn't hear Tom. Right. Yeah. That, I know. Although I was totally blown away by loud. that. He yeah. did. He did. Yeah, I think he was at half volume because okay. he did like quiet the room down. Well, he looked like he started to get a little tired by then. Well, yeah. you know, speaking of Tom, now that you're on the topic, <laughs> that is one notable thing that happened in that uh, the session that we had the, the, the night before. 
Tom <laughs> motivational when, speaker. When Tom. he gets like when he gets in front of a crowd, he gets into this. I swear it was like woodworking in America, scared straight edition. It was, yeah. He, he scared like, the audience. He scared me. That's why I, I hid behind Shannon. He's <laughs> an intimidating speaker. Like he's the kind of guy you hire to get a bunch of like troubled sixteen year olds into shape. You, yeah. know? <laughs> you will stop using dull tools today. Yeah, like everybody. Everybody was pretty low key about it, and Tom had like this. Uh, I don't know if he scripted it out or what, but man, he was on fire. I really felt bad. <laughs> For the people right in the front row, I thought he was going to stand on them to start getting to the people in the second they row. The spittle guard. Yeah. I know. I was ready to go out and win the game in the fourth quarter. I was. Right. I was pumped. Going to catch yeah. that onside kick. I don't know what I would, kill people yeah, all I don't know what, the end zone. I don't know what I was excited about, but I was ready for it. You scow. Preach the word, brother Tom. Brother Tom. Yeah, yeah. So, so this whole Keystone event was fantastic. Oh, it was amazing. Assuming we can all get together uh, next time, I think this will be uh, a tradition for us, a I new tradition so, yeah, to start. Absolutely. Um, I think. Maybe we'll do, I don't know, we'll have to come up with better things to do at the uh, get-together. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I have I'll to bring say, the lathe. Yeah. I was, I was bringing waves. swag, but I kind of got mugged in the parking lot. So, But it was my own fault because I said, hey. Free you, stuff. Yeah, you two look like a couple of nice woodworkers. Would you like free stuff? And then they grabbed the bag out of my hand and walked to their cars. I'm like. Okay. All right, well, I'm going to the Keystone. <laughs> <laughs> Great, don't so, have to carry anything. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, you're right. And the funny thing is, a lot of the conversations at the Keystone, I know were conversations that were being carried over from the marketplace yeah. and yeah. from the like, in-between classes and stuff. So it was a great transition because, it, you know, it's, it's not like it was you suddenly had to, like, start a new conversation. You yeah. were able to pick up the conversation, yeah. and then more people jumped into it. Yep. So it once again... It's the family reunion show. Well, and I'll tell you what, if you have the chance, I mean, if you listen to the show or you follow any of our, our video podcasts or anything like that, if you have an opportunity to go to a woodworking event, you got to go because mm-hmm. they're all starting to get like this. Like yeah. any event you go to, yeah. you're going to come across people who, who you've met online or you've heard that maybe they have well, a podcast. Well, and I think that's what it's all about. It's the online thing. That's the, the, the tie that binds. Yeah. That was what was missing before. You go to the woodworking show and you see a bunch of booths and you never really met anybody there because right. there's you know thousands of people there and you can't have a kind of meaningful conversation. Yeah. We've had – Maybe not meaningful conversations online. <laughs> as meaningful we, as they can get. We right. had our share of conversations, and it was just literally you walk to somebody, you get the name, you're like, oh, yeah, I know who you are, and bam, you're in, you're in there. Well, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, no open the door It's already there. Yeah, I great. went to drop something off at the hotel this afternoon in the elevator. Some guy goes, look, I'm not trying to be a stalker or anything, but <laughs> I got a question for you about Erlex HVLP systems. <laughs> Up awesome. the elevator ride, we went through how many, like, it was great. We just had this great conversation about Erlex versus Fuji. Should it get through? stage versus four stage but where else is that going to happen yeah. you know that's well, the magic of, of what happens here and I, I wonder if I was just thinking about this just now like the whole thing with the online woodworking Pre- previous to this usually you might go to a show and you came with like some guild members from your local guild mm-hmm. and you probably pretty much just hung out with them maybe you kind of rubbed elbows with another guild group or something yeah but here it's like you Literally, you're coming all over the place, and it's easy to follow the conversation, not just here, yeah. but elsewhere, you know? Yeah. And then it draws in other people that are going to bring in more examples and stuff. Yeah, and so. here's here's a key important point. I think in the past, we've all learned our lesson, and I know specifically we have had conversations about um, the sort of uh, – oh, I'm losing the word – when uh, clickiness. clickiness. Right. Oh, okay. yeah. And there was one year where the, everyone did get very clicky, and we were mm-hmm. hanging out in groups, and we found out what we heard feedback – from people was that, well, I wanted to say hi, but you were always with these people. And since then I've made it at least the personal mission. And I've seen you guys have done this too. Maybe even not intentionally, 
but most of the time we're alone. Right. You know, so if we get a chance to walk from a class to the marketplace, we're alone. I don't tag along with a bunch of groups. I'm always by myself because I want to be there so that when someone goes, Hey, I've seen your show, I can actually talk to them and they don't feel intimidated because you're, you're there was none of that this year. There was no click. There was no exclusivity. There was no bloggers and the rest of us. Yeah. Um, that was awesome. That's great. It was really great. And that actually accounts for the fact that I, like intended to go to like many more classes and never made it yeah. because you get like you go intercepted. Into the, yeah, you, you know? if you go into the marketplace, chant like, oh, I'm just going to go sit in new. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I actually like made it up the escalator. I was like at the doorstep and I ran into someone like as they were coming out the door uh, and you, you just this organic conversation springs out of yeah. nowhere and before you know it, 20 minutes has gone by and I'm like, yeah. I'm yeah. not going to go in there now. I'm going to go and check out this one and you meet someone else. And, yep. I mean, I think that was that was the, the crazy thing too. Is that is obvious funny. that that. I don't know whether it's we've gone weekly or what, but we obviously are reaching a lot more people. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the conversations so cool. are just amazing, you know. And, and it's not just uh, sure. It's, I don't use the conversation usually starts out with you. Know, I love your show, blah 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 blah. Well, I know you do. How could you not? But then immediately, <laughs> I'm Matt. How yeah, could you not? How love could me? you not love this? But uh, Mary May, and then uh, <laughs> so oh, actually, boy. I'm just kidding. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> He just shook his head when he said that. <laughs> I crossed my fingers. <laughs> but but at the same time, though, then immediately the conversation would go into something like like what you had in the elevator yeah. or you know something else. And it's just amazing how you feel so comfortable to approach people and have that conversation. And one of my favorite comments in the marketplace was, I cannot believe that I stepped in here and in the first five minutes, I saw five people that I've only seen online and I was able to walk up to all five of those people, say hello and enjoy the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, if I'm number six, it's losing out today. Get away from <laughs> me, buddy. <laughs> well, and then of course, you've got all the people doing the presentations, you know, mm-hmm. Roy Underhill, you've got uh, Peter Follinsby. I mean, I, I'm forgetting all the names, but right. a lot of famous woodworkers, high caliber woodworkers, totally approachable. You see them walking down and they're a alone a lot of the time and you can go up and say hi uh on the the vendor floor you've got scott phillips doing demonstrations at the woodcraft booth you've got tommy mack down there doing stuff um they're everywhere i mean it's and they're all approachable i actually was standing in the corner i I stopped to get a a bite to eat in the little like concession thing in the back which Mm -hmm. was kind of a cluster (laughs) that's another thing i was standing there and you could look around and it's like okay there's christopher shores right there having a conversation with um, Tom Lee Nielsen. Yeah. Other side of it is Megan Fitzpatrick, who's like, you could tell joking with Joel Moskowitz of Tools for Working Wood. Look, there's Peter Follinsby and Roy Underhill talking to, yeah. you know, uh, Tommy Mack and mm-hmm. Everywhere you looked, there was some sort of celebrity. But what was really cool is there was Matt like, in the corner eating a sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was usually Why does some. Want to talk to me? <laughs> Come on. There was usually some kind of, for lack of a better term, non-celebrity person. Deeply involved in the conversation with, with the celebrity yes. type yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, again, family reunion. You can walk up to anybody you want to and talk to them. Yeah, yeah. So, well, moral <laughs> to the story here: even if you can't get to this event, there's Fine Woodworking Live. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Weekend, Weekend with, with wood. wood. Yep. And then there's the traveling woodworking shows that are all over the place. Right. And those, uh, the caliber of that is going way up. Yeah. I mean, uh, from what I understand, they have a lot more educational opportunities there. Um, so I can I can imagine those events 
events becoming little mini versions of this where you might go, yeah. hey, look, that dude's got a Matt's Basement Workshop shirt on, you know, or it's a Wood Talk shirt, which are available yeah. at TWWstore.com <laughs> if you want your Wood Talk shirt, which, by the way, I totally forgot to bring with Yeah, them. what was up with that? I'm the, the, we were... the one of the three who's totally oh, not dressed gosh. for this We were shit. both no. in Wood Talk. I think there was a couple of people at the, at the, the get-together that probably would have loaned you to the T-shirt if they you had asked. They probably would have, <laughs> yes. They would have given me the shirt off their backs. Literally, yes. Yeah. All right, so for me... Awesome time. The most memorable quote was Chuck Bender in his class said uh, at the very beginning, he said, if you um, if you think you can do this better than me, get out. <laughs> That's awesome. That to me. So, so what, what was the most memorable thing you're going to take home from from the experience? Oh, wow. Um, Putting you on the spot here, guys. You know, I, I, I really enjoy Mary May. Well, Mary Mae was wonderful, yes, but she didn't top the show. Okay, okay maybe a little okay. bit. No, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I took a, a, a spoon carving class with uh, Peter Follinsby, uh-huh. which, again, I ended up walking out halfway through because you said, Matt, we're going to lunch, and I was not about to miss that. People <laughs> don't fail me now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It probably was really irritating, so I was in the front row. But I, 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 what I liked about Peter Follinsby was his presentation was nothing like what I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. He was so much fun. And so I think that was the, the big thing. I don't have any like real catch things other than uh, he really does not like Pottery Barn. He's got a thing <laughs> against Pottery Barn because yeah. they don't sell pottery there. No. <laughs> so it's misadvertising. Yeah, false advertising. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. How about you, Shannon? See, I, all the whole time Matt was talking, I was desperately trying to find something witty to say. <laughs> the worst part is, is I actually, in, in my notebook, as Matt has told everyone, I usually have copious notes, I actually wrote down several very memorable quotes. Okay. My and you don't remember is, them? My notebook is not here right now. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't know what... I mean, you're, off, you're off the hook. You don't have to have blur. something. The whole show was a blur. Well, the other thing is, it's now... After midnight, so uh, right. and for a guy that usually goes to bed at about nine o'clock, <laughs> this is late for me. There you go. We're approaching the pumpkin hour. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, of, of course, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for everybody who came out to the Keystone. That was flipping fantastic. We absolutely. truly appreciate I it. I still cannot believe that that many people showed up just for the three of us. Yeah. Although the mac and cheese was awesome. Well, yeah, that's, they, I think they, that's they what they, they were really the there for. Yeah. yeah. Good mac and cheese. Yeah. So thanks to everybody. Thanks to Popular Woodworking for having us out here. Um, we look forward to this every year. This is the best. And, and honestly, this might be the highlight of my experience is actually podcasting with you guys face to face yeah, yeah although, although i must say it is weird a lot of times when you guys talk i kind of do other things and i usually like lean back from the mic and check my email or do something like that and i actually have to look you in the eye it's a little weird it, yeah, it's, yeah I mean, you know, normally i hit the mic you know like the the mute and i'll cough or samantha will show me things and you know and then we'll go from you there so yeah you know, <laughs> you know what yeah. sam does all right cool. why she showed you uh well We'll talk about you that later. You forgot the video Skype was on that time. Uh, uh, she <laughs> forgot right. the video Skype was on that time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, here's uh, here's the thing. Go to these events, guys. This is this is the best. This right. is awesome. We're not just blowing smoke. When no one's no. paying us to say this. No, not at all. I mean, this, this I is the highlight of the year. If right? they wanted to pay us, though, we could go on we, for another fifteen minutes. Yeah. If you want to contact yes. us, we'll do an adult swim about that one. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye bye. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.